Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast. This is Case 14, Hypnos. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and the reanimated corpse of Rick Astley belting out the lyrics to a song that sounds eerily familiar, but you can't quite remember where you've heard it before. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe, as Roy. It's been so long, I don't... Well, do I say something here? Just fill the space. Matt, as Rocky. Just sitting over here going insane in my membrane. And insane in my brain. And Brian, as Pippa. Uh, Rocky, I think the Keeper just gave us a clue about Roy. He's the guy that puts the numbers in your eyes. All right, well, welcome back, players. How is everybody today? I'm good. Well, I'm here, aren't I? I'm here, hentai. Come get me! Just doing what I do best and brightening all of your day up. Gabe, what were you doing last week? Because we had a lot of theories. I like to keep the theories alive. <laughs> I wasn't doing something boring like working or anything. Good. We were hoping you... Well, my, my theory was that you were sitting at your tiki bar, having a nice drink, and just slowly getting stoned. Oh, well, that's what I'm doing next week. That's good to have priorities. Happy birthday tomorrow. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was reminded this morning that my birthday was tomorrow by a coworker. Said, what are you doing for your birthday? I said, when is that? That's when you know you're an adult. If my math is correct, you need to do this jaunt around the sun two more times, and then you'll have a really nice 69. Yeah. That's it. Well, I hope you have a great day tomorrow, and... uh Hopefully you won't die tonight, so... That'd be that'd be good. Listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. So thank you to all those folks. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now... A word from our sponsor. You spilled red wine on your penny loafers? Got clay mud all over the backside of your trousers? Splashed hobo blood on your three-page suit? No worries. Genie soap and suds. At 1313 Main Street in Arkham, Mass. We'll sort it out for you. Dry cleaning, chemical cleaning, or just plain old scrub until knuckles is raw. We've been doing this, well, forever. Ain't nobody gonna get your duds cleaner. That's our guarantee. What's our secret? Well, if you must know, we utilize the most advanced sorcery in the business. Spells for splotches. Cantrips for cat pee. Incantations for incontinence. Hey! When you gotta go, you gotta go. You know? Genie understands. 
That's why we prefer to staff our workforce with reanimated skeletons. Because if you're going to work your fingers to the bone, why let all the flesh get in the way, right? Plus, we don't have to pay them, give them breaks, or feed them. They just appreciate not being six feet under anymore. So, the next time you're a little sloppier than usual when hacking up those pesky body parts in the bathtub, go ahead, get wet. After, just drop off a load or two and we'll turn it around next day, free of charge. Of course, we may ask you to dig up some extra help at some point. Genie's Soap and Suds is an expanding franchise, after all. And we're back! Who would be the ideal celebrity spokesperson for that product and service, and why? Jack Nicholson, because Jack Nicholson's ideal for everything. See, I was going to go with Danny DeVito, because he's short. He doesn't know that other short people exist. I was going to recommend Danny DeVito's Crocs. Maybe we can get a package deal. You get Danny DeVito and the Crocs. Well, I'm thinking more along the lines of Rowdy Roddy Piper, because he's here to use that product and or service and kick ass, and he's all out of that product and or service. I mean, I could be wrong. I fell on the cheese dip back in 1967 and never been the same since. Too soon. Thanks a lot. That joke was lamer than FDR's legs. Too soon. (laughs) Too soon. Come on. (laughs) Now, dear investigators, we play Case 14, Tape 3, Creeping Up the Blind Side. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. That's for me to know, and you to find out. Roy, you are lying flat on your back, eyes shut tight. The surface beneath you is cold, unyielding, and yet somehow kinetic. There is a pitch and yaw, a constant gentle seesawing motion, as if you were nestled in the hammock that used to be in the backyard of your old house. In fact, for just a moment, you imagine you can hear the kids. Raymond, Rab, Rigby, Rhonda, Robin, Rocket, Ricky, Robbie, Rody, Raleigh, and yes, even Rabe. They are having fun, playing peacefully. One of those rare times when they actually all get along without any bickering. Is it nighttime? Are they chasing lightning bugs? Where's Greta? Your eyes snap open. At first, all is dark, a vast canvas of nothingness. But as you squint into the dimness, your eyesight acclimates. 
This is not your yard. And you are not cocooned safely in a rope hammock tied between two trees. No. This is the bottom of a stone sarcophagus. The last thing you recall was being flung through the air by yet another monstrosity. And then? Lights out. You reach around and tenderly touch the back of your scalp. No damage there. Not even any pain. Instantly, your adrenaline kicks in. Rocky. Pippa. Choo-choo. Surely they need your help to battle these dog things. You sit bolt upright, scanning the cavern to see... No one. Not a single soul. The only sign of activity is a feeble light coming from one of the far tunnel openings. Go ahead and give me a listen roll, please. I needed a 37 and I got a 34. That's a success. A distant and familiar voice, clearly rocky, echoes throughout the cavern. Grandma always said, go for the runs. I'll follow. See if I can find a wall to sort of hug so that way I don't get lost. So you carefully get out of the sarcophagus and stand up. Your legs are a bit shaky. For just a moment, they feel as if they might not even support your weight. But the more you concentrate and focus on the tunnel with the light emitting from it, the stronger you feel, the more confident you are in moving. So you use the wall for support for just a few feet, and then you feel the strength surging back into your limbs. And cautiously you enter into the tunnel, creeping forward toward the flickering light. As you near the source, familiar voices talk quietly, and you hear the distinct sound of cards shuffling. You emerge at the other end of the tunnel to see Rocky and Pippa sitting on two wooden crates, a third propped up between them used as a playing surface. Is, is that a cribbage board? Pippa riffles a deck of playing cards very skillfully, then starts dealing, pausing as they both notice your arrival. They're dressed in their normal everyday clothes, just as you remember, but now they're wearing some kind of communications headset. And there's something oddly familiar about this larger cave. It looks eerily similar to the secret grotto beneath Blaine Manor, back in Arkham. In fact, it even has the same elevator over there across the way. I'll see if I can get them to respond. So I'll walk over to the crates and I'll say, Hey, uh, do you want to deal me in? Uh, yeah, come on in. And I'll see if I can find another crate to pull up. We're playing uh, full contact cribbage. I punch him in the gut. 
I invented full contact cribbage. Well, minus the cribbage. I thought we were playing strip cribbage. Oh boy, gonna put my pants back on. If we're playing strip cribbage, you better win every hand. Come on, you're not afraid of a little competition, are we? I'm saying I'm actively going to lose. Look, just sit down. We'll play a few rounds, huh? You've never beaten me before. Nothing's gonna start now. Well, there was that one time I got you to beat yourself for me, but... Yeah, that's not really you beating me, though. That's kind of me being so powerful that even I can't handle myself. You can't handle it? I punch him again. Just a little friendly punch. You only got a few more of those, Pippa. Not if I keep winning. I do whatever you do when you play cribbage. Roll dice or throw a card down or something. <laughs> yeah, I play cribbage. <laughs> it's all about the pegging. Don't you remember what No, I know. I know you? there's pegs involved, but I don't know how you advance the peg so it goes deeper into it's the board. It's dice, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's dice, isn't it? There's no dice. There's Wait, no dice. we're pegging? Oh, God. I'm thinking of backgammon. As Rocky said, it's all about the runs. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember now. Grandma always said. Yeah, but Grandma was horrendously senile and didn't even know who we were. And she shit her pants. <laughs> I mean, she... Oh, no, you're right. She really didn't know much by the end, did she? She knew a lot about the end, but not by the end. Oh, she was a big fan. Had all the albums. Went to the live shows. Well, it's your turn. Go. Roll for cribbage. It's a young man's game, I hear. I haven't played cribbage since I was about nine. That's the secret word. Punch. Hey, Pippa, it looks like you dropped something. I swear to God, if you use the your dignity line again. Oh, it's right there on the ground. Don't you want to pick it up? It's my turn, and I have two, three, and a pair for four. Does that sound like cribbage? Is that cribbage? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody in chat tell us if we're, if we're saying this right. I'll advance my peg. One more and I win. I hit Rocky. Huh, what? Oh, yes. Uh, snake eyes. With cards, somehow. Welcome to the We Don't Know How to Play Cribbage <laughs> podcast. You're in a group of people who play, like, Gloomhaven and, like, Diplomacy for fun, and we know all those games, but then you picked Cribbage. The gentleman's game. <laughs> Give me Mahjong, at least. I know the rules to that. Too bad you got snake eyes. Personally, I'm more of a fan of G.I. Joe, but, you know. Destro, you son of a bitch. I wasn't allowed to have any of the fun action figures. Roy would always steal them and then pull their heads off. It's because why well, you need action figures when you can have a bat and a glove and a crowbar. You know, those action figures would have been worth more than your house if you had not destroyed them. Uh, you opened the boxes, so no, they wouldn't have. Don't act like you were some savant who had all these things and knew they would be worth it when you were playing with them in the mud like an idiot. I smack my hand down on the table with my cards all faced up. Cribbage, bitches! And clear the table. Lay down a Yu-Gi-Oh card. You have activated my trap card. I put down a reverse Uno. Damn it. So is that elevator up and running? I would assume so. You don't want to play again, I take it? It's, is somebody a sore loser? I go to punch him again, but just make him flinch. Two for flinching. I hit Rocky twice. When you ask for it, you get it. Why don't we head up then? Fine, if you don't want to play again, sore losers. I just really don't want to get punched anymore. Stopping playing cribbage won't stop you from being punched. Like, all right, all right, let's go up and get some food. I'm hungry. I wonder if they have taco fish. Last time I was up there, all we had was stuff to make crepes and several large jars of mayo and Nutella. So, although every time I try and put Nutella on crepes, Roy just kind of takes the whole jar and very noisily eats it on the kitchen couch. What does that sound like again? 
Quick, give us a demonstration, Roy. It's very quiet. I keep... I'm, I'm very quiet. There's no proof it was me. I head into the elevator and hit the button to go up. I go, you better hurry. You're about halfway to the elevator uh, when uh, you both receive a message through your headset. Uh-huh. 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 No. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. Who is it? I give Roy his headset. So uh, Pippa reaches into her backpack and pulls out a headset and hands it to you. Thanks. Just put it on, wise guy. Put it on your ear. I know what... Th- I've used these before. And I'll put it on. And you hear a crackling sound, and a voice says, Well, good morning, sleepyhead. Danny Potts says in your earpiece. Are you done with your beauty rest? Can we get some work done now? I'm never really done sleeping. If that's you aren't either, I'm sure you'll sleep again at some point. Look, between you and me... I've seen you in person, and uh, you don't need much more than way of beauty rest, you know? I think you're full up. It's pleasure for me, not business. Ooh, that's what I like to hear. How you been, Roy? Uh, a little weirded, but I'm okay. How are you? I'm great. Just trying to get some stuff done. I hope you're down for a little, uh, getting back into the action. I'm all good with action. That's what I like to hear. You know, maybe if uh, this all goes right, we can uh, catch another boober and uh, get some pizza and some drinks to go. What do you think? I like pizza and drinks. Oh, hey, I've been meaning to ask you, too. Uh, did you ever end up taking those pills you found? I was just really curious, you know? I did take them. Were they lewds? If they were lewds, they were lemons, and they haven't kicked yet. Ah, shit. That just figures... Well, we can catch up a little bit later, Roy, but the, uh, here's what, here's the thing we're working on today, okay? Um, I, I'm, we're, we're working a little bit now with uh, someone you may know. His name is uh, Professor Wingate Peasley. Does that ring any bells? He works up at Arkham. He's in the, the Mescatonic University. Yeah, I know the guy. Kind of a creep, but... And also, uh, Maria Diaz joined us. You know her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from, from New York, yeah. Yeah, I'm a... She's a good bride. Wish I would have been told about that one, but... Oh, no, no, she's she's a new recruit. Don't you worry about it. And trust me, once we get you back in the fold here, everything's going to be on the table, and I'm pretty sure you're going to get a kind of a bump up. Well, when you got someone doing as much good work as I do, I better hope that you're trying to bump me up. Exactly right. Now, listen, what we've been trying to do, and with the help of Rocky and Pip, of course, they're, they're sort of our... You know, feet on the ground right now. We've developed this special task force, okay? Here's what we found out. Samantha Blaine. She's been tampering with, like, time manipulation spells. Not exactly sure what she's up to, but there's been some weird anomalies that we can't just write off. Like, I didn't tell the other guys this, but she made the Golden Gate Bridge disappear into thin air. We, we've got it locked down at either end, so people don't really know there's lots of fog and stuff there, you know, San Francisco and whatnot. Samantha's up to something. And when that happened, we saw some sort of power fluctuation along the ley lines, you know? Like Blaine Manor there is like right at the crux of some of those. So we're trying to find out a little bit more about what she's up to, okay? You, you up for this? Certainly wouldn't mind seeing her again. 
there's something odd. I can't quite figure out, you know, we, we have some theories. Maybe maybe your folks there have got some theories, uh, Pippa and, and uh, Rocky. I know Rocky's full of theories. I don't know much about Pippa, though. Is she is she trustworthy, that Pippa? She's all right. She's all right. Okay. She seemed okay. She passed all of our tests and stuff, and and uh, we're, we're pretty sure she can uh, handle herself. Uh, she had a little run-in with some uh, vagrant and some pepper spray, and she did pretty good. Uh, anyways, uh, but you're feeling good? You're feeling fine? You sound of mind, sound of body, all that? I'm a little stiff, but I'm as uh, sound as mind as I'm ever going to be. Yeah, it sounds like the Roy I know. Stiff, but maybe not so sound of mind. Yeah. It's fine. Birds of a feather and all that, you know? Yeah, we do be flocking. All right, guys, listen up here. We figured this out, and, and, and Rocky, I know we already told you, but you found those three keys, right? Three keys that fit no locks there in Blaine Manor. You told us that you had tried them all. You found them in the storage room, and nothing either in Blaine Manor fits those keys, and or nothing down in, what, what do you call it, the Batcave? So you say back cave? Yes, I I made sure to spend a thorough amount of time making sure that those keys did not open any locks uh, anywhere in the the bat cave or the manor, and it seems that whatever they go to, it was not inside the house. That's pretty much what we think too. So that's why I had uh, requisitions and paperwork, and uh, we got thanks to Delta Green. Superior seismic sensing technology, huh? You guys hear about this stuff? It's like the latest latest deal. Hashtag trademark. But anyways. <laughs> not, uh, not sponsored. Not like sponsored. Bats. No, no, no. Just trademark. It's it's a Delta Green superior seismic sensing technology. What, I don't know what it's a... <laughs> uh, doesn't sound right, but that's kind of what we came up with, all right? It's the Delta Green Advanced Technologies Advanced Superior Seismic Sensor, also known as Dadass. So we use this thing, and uh, we discovered that there is a sub-sub-basement. What? It appears the elevator shaft leads down even further. Damn straight. Feel like a little spelunking? I mean, spelunking is a third-tier passion of mine. All right, well, we expect good results. Good luck, guys. Where's the entrance to it? Under the elevator? Ah, uh, you'll find it. Start digging. I'm gonna go into the elevator and push all the buttons at once and see if that gets it to work. Well, there's only two two buttons up and down. Which is why I'm pushing all of them at once. Yeah, I was gonna say, push them both at once, maybe that would do it. Maybe that's the secret. I'm gonna put both of these little fingers on both buttons and just stare at Rocky and press... Don't break eye contact. All right, so you guys get into the elevator. We're going to need someone, one person, to make an electronics or locksmith roll. I have 50. 50 in locksmith. Pippa, are you going to attempt locksmith? Yeah. I needed a 50. I rolled a 47. That is a success. Pippa looks directly in Rocky's eyes and pushes both buttons at simultaneously. And then, just for fun, flips her fingers and touches them with the other finger. Sure enough, there's a lurch, and the lights overhead in the elevator flicker for a moment. It begins to go up, 
and then drops 10 feet, you all fly up into the air slightly. And then there's another lurch as you come back to the ground. And then it slowly cranks down, down, down. And uh, you're you're not sure how long you got to go, but it's the elevator is moving quite slow. So you might have a couple minute or two to chat amongst yourselves. Roll for small talk. Is everybody okay? That was a pretty big jolt. Yeah, it's an elevator. You guys remember Jolt Cola? You remember that? You remember Joe Cola? You remember Joe Cola? It's a cola. A lot of caffeine. Joe Cola? Jolt. I mean, it wasn't as good as Surge, but you know. Well, Surge is the best pop ever made. <laughs> exactly. Serge. He cuts hair for Axel Foley. He's an Eastern European villain. Where's an Adidas tracksuit? Anywho, game of cribbage? To be fair, we don't know how far down this elevator is going to go, nor do we know how long the average game of cribbage takes. I think one round of cribbage is about 10 to 12 minutes, but you play multiple rounds. But it's a best of 17. And the elevator begins to slowly creak and sway back and forth slightly. And the speed drops even more. And then you hear a thump beneath your feet and a hiss as the elevator doors open to reveal an unexpected sight. A long, brightly lit, white-tiled corridor that leads straight ahead nearly 50 yards before opening up into what appears to be a larger chamber. Roy, give me a listen roll, please. Oh, I need a 37. I got a 16. That's a hard success. So you hear, after the hiss has dissipated from the elevator doors, in the distance there's a dripping echo. And what you think is the soft rustle of plastic. There's something down here. It's moving around, guys. It's a slip and slide. Plastic doesn't just rustle. Don't put Roy anywhere near a slip and slide. Last time we had one of those as a kid, he tried to cover it in mayo and call it the miracle whip and slide. It didn't go well, trust me. What do you mean tried? Break that down for me. Well, you, you attempted to cover the entire length of the slip and slide with, with mayonnaise, and you got about three quarters of the way before mom came out and... and and didn't care, because it's our mom. I could imagine the smell. Oh, You just didn't want to go on last. If you were in the first quarter of the guys going down, you had a great time. If you were in the second quarter, you had a horrible time. Biscuit at the end and all? Look, everyone, keep your guard up. We don't know what's going on down here. And I'm going to uh, reach back into my backpack and pull out my gun and just ready it and hold it like in a down-ready position as we start walking down the hallway. I guess I'll take a cue from that and pull out my pepper spray. Oh, Roy, think fast. And without looking, I'm going to reach into another pocket and pull out short sleeves and just kind of chuck it back in his general direction. <laughs> a man died today. Was that loaded? Oh, I'm so sorry. So, Roy, you see a firearm being tossed in your general direction? <laughs> I mean, I just assumed I would catch it. Might it might be loaded. The safety is off. He leads his hip out and it goes right in the holster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll catch it. I'm great at everything. Quick check uh, assures you that it is fully loaded and in perfect condition. All right. Well, I'll cock it. <laughs> Whoa. This is a children's podcast. Wait. All right. Yeah. So you cock it. I feel safe now. Eyes up, everyone. I'm going to start walking down the hallway. I'm going to be in the middle between them. Roy, bringing up the re. Yep. Where it's safest. 
I mean, as usual, the longest living character. Until the enemy starts spawning behind you, and then you're fucked. Mm. <laughs> no! A space R. As you traverse the hallway, the lights above begin to flicker intermittently, and the temperature drops sharply. In fact, you begin to see the ghostly remnants of your breath as it leaves your mouth. Cautiously, you step into the chamber. It is an expansive space, the size of a small auditorium. On the west, on your left, is a bank of morgue drawers set into the wall. Metallic doors dully reflecting the spastic illumination. Before this facade of death squats a gurney, upon which is a flat black cadaver bag. It lies empty, the zipper open wide, having already disgorged its contents. To the east, on your right, is a single closed door with no handle set into the center of the wall. Beside it is a golden plate fitted with a keyhole and emblazoned with a curious symbol, an Egyptian Ankh. Two similar plates with keyholes have been installed, one at the north end of the same wall and one at the south end of the same wall. They look identical? Yes, all three keyholes plates look identical. One is next to the door in the center of the wall, and the other ones are essentially like 30 to 40 feet away at opposite ends. But no other doors? No other okay. doors. Going to reach back and pull off the keyring. Well, I guess we know where these go now. I'm going to pull two of the keys off, toss one over to Roy, and toss one to Pippa. I guess everybody pick a lock, and we'll see where this goes. Middle called it. Backseat middle on the hump. I'll go to the south. And I guess that leaves me with the north. Should we do it all at once? Probably. On the count of three, we'll turn all the keys simultaneously. What? I said on the count of three, we will turn all of the keys simultaneously. Count to three? One, two, five. No, wait. Three, sir. All right, so I'm going to put my key in and just look over my shoulder and watch for the signal from Rocky to turn it. So uh, who puts the key in first? I'm in the middle, so I feel like I should. Roy steps up to the door, pulls out the key, and attempts to insert it into the hole. And it will not go. It's as if something is blocking it. Without even thinking, I would automatically have just tried to put mine in as well. Pippa puts her key into the keyhole. It slips in easily. So I think everything's normal, so I'm just looking over my shoulder waiting for the, sig- for the signal then. Rocky also puts his key in. It inserts perfectly. Roy, what's the holdup? It's blocked. Why don't you guys unlock and see if the those two unlock the main one? Oh, that could be. Having performance issues? Yeah, from the key that you gave me. Well, I'm ready whenever you are, Rock. All right. We turn on three. I'm going to very loudly count you know, one... Two, three, and on three, I'm going to turn my key. Same. So both of you feel 
resistance as you turn and you realize that there's enough there that if you were to let go of the key, it would actually snap back into place. So you have to maintain pressure on the key. And as you turn it, Roy's key slips in. Oh, nice. To the hole. And I'll turn my key. And as you do so, the door retracts into the ceiling. It's as if it is a pocket door. And beyond is a narrow hallway shrouded in mist. It's not completely obscured, but you can see it about 20 feet ahead. It appears that it enters into a very brightly lit area. I'm going to keep my gun drawn. If I pull the key out, will it like reset everything? You pull the key out and the door slams shut. So I'll put it back in. And My hand's a little weak, so it springs my key back. And I go, what happened? We're going to have to hold it with the keys in there. Okay. I think only I'm going to be able to go in. Are you ready for that? I'll make it work. Okay, be careful. Or don't. Rocky. And then I'll reopen it. All right, I'm going to go in. Um, Don't lock me in there to die. What, you want me to lock you in there to die? If you insist. All right, and then keeping my gun drawn, I'll enter into the room. At first... The brightness of this area overwhelms your senses. You squint in a seemingly futile attempt to discern any details, blinking rapidly and shielding your brow with one hand. Almost as if in response to your wishes, the light dims obediently until you can see again. The dead-end room is small, just 20 feet across, with a domed ceiling overhead. In the center is a curved white pedestal, constructed from the floor itself, rising to a height of four feet. The tip of this curious stone totem has been chiseled away to resemble an upturned human hand, in the palm of which rests an obsidian gemstone. This precious jewel reminds you of the one Rocky had with him after the incident involving Madame Starbuck. Cautiously, like with like one leg stretched out to try and like feel for booby traps, inch my way over, and then as soon as I do, I'll take a real close look at it. And then I'll just snatch it and start running for the door. Meanwhile, Rocky and Pippa are playing long-distance cribbish across the room. You reach out quickly to snatch the obsidian gemstone, and it feels warm in your hand. It feels almost as if it's reflecting your pulse. And as it leaves that pedestal, the carved stone hand clenches shut and you hear in your headpiece your earpiece danny says we've got one you should have replaced the gemstone with a similarly weighted bag right now a huge boulder's chasing you down the hallway nice oh sorry roy i got a little excited there i just congratulations i think this is probably a clue of some sort i we felt some sort of power ripple here and 
I think this says something to do with Samantha. Good job. Good job. Too bad I'll never give it up because it's the most powerful thing in my life and I want it and no one can take it from me and it's mine. He's never gonna give it up. Oh, sorry. I was just practicing. Oh, you, you scared me for a minute there. Oh my god. It was pretty easy, honestly. I mean, we already had the keys and there were three keyholes and... Uh, well, this is only part of the situation, so I think you might want to catch up with the others before we continue along here. Oh, the scenario's not over? You hear down the hallway, Rocky counted, three, two, one, we let go of our keys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I ran out of there just in case there were booby traps, so I'm not too far from them. So as you stride back down the short corridor, the mist clings to your clothes like a wraith longing for the touch of a warm-blooded living being. You hurry your pace and emerge from the doorway, anticipating a barrage of questions from Rocky and Pippa. Instead, you realize you've entered into a different space than the expected morgue beneath Blaine Manor. No, this is far, far from that Arkham locale. As you glance around warily at the lounge chairs and billiard tables, you're filled with a discomforting admixture of confusion and dread. This is Eldridge Poe's mansion in Providence, Rhode Island. While the realization settles in, you hear Danny curse with disgust into your headset. God damn it. Time's up. Uh, hold tight, Roy. Help's on the way. Then, in your peripheral vision, a dark shadow drifts with shocking speed toward you from the direction of the main hall. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Probably should have shot it. I will. You probably should have shot the stone. Probably should have gone for Sharon Stone. So Sam is shifting time, shifting us through time, maybe? Me, because she likes me. Maybe trying to get what you just picked up. She doesn't really know who you are, so... Right. She doesn't want me to find Dan. That's my theory. But that stone, as soon as you grab that stone, that's when, boom, you were gone. Yeah. So maybe she's, yeah, maybe she's looking for them and she's using you to do the work for her. Using you or us to try to track down what she needs. Maybe for some reason or another she can't access the stones. Like there's some sort of protection around it that prevents her from getting near them. So she's making somebody else do her dirty work for her. I think that it's definitely Sam doing this. Absolutely mental. I can't even. I'm quitting the show. What show? There is no show. show. (laughs) Only Zool. Roy seemed to take his resurrection in stride. I didn't have a lot of time to process it. I mean, you told me I wasn't dying, so... Uh, No, I never actually said that. Well, you didn't tell me to make a new character, so... (laughs) Yeah, I did not tell you to make a new character, but I I didn't say that Roy didn't die. Yeah, 
You're right. I expected weird things like this to happen, so it's cool. Like, honestly, I, when, I used to, when they were sitting there playing cribbage, I was like, alright, I'm in, like, purgatory or something. That's genuinely what I thought. I was like, alright, we're doing some afterlife something. The worst thing you can think of is, is cribbage. <laughs> no, it's just purgatory. It's just a mundane... It's something that no one would ever think of. Right. You're stuck in line at the DMV for all eternity. Yeah. Genuinely, I mean, when when I woke up into that situation, I was like, all right, well, I'm either, like, dead or I'm, like, being hexed or something. And I'm being hexed or something, so. Some sort of dark magic. Yeah, messed with by Sam. It's just a prank, bro. She just wants you for your sexy brain. So the next big bad is me? No, you don't get to play her. <laughs> what, if I had to, what if I had to play both? I have an unfair advantage because I know what I'm doing. That feels like cheating. <laughs> Pippa walks into a dark room and Samantha's at the other end. Go. Well, you're free to go because you're my new best friend. <laughs> and initiative. We both cast rack at the same time and just... <laughs> magic missile. Fireball. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. All right, uh, Bryce, start us off, buddy. I am going to recommend a mobile game. So you guys are going to think that I'm Matt because I usually don't play any simulation type games or anything like that. But I got hooked on ExoMiner, EXO Miner. It's basically you're mining exoplanets and making money and stripping the planets of other resources. And you manage each little drill and it feeds into your your storage containers and then you have to to advance you have to build additional items that you unlock to help you go faster and strip the planet so you can move to the next planet. Each level you have there's three challenges that you have to complete in order to move to the next level. But in the meantime, there's an entire level up system where you can level up your processing speed, how much uh, is required to build certain items. I normally hate those kind of games. I just don't have the patience for it. But this is the type of game that is purposely made for you to play it for 15 or 20 minutes and then leave it alone for three or four hours while it processes in the background. So it actually runs and it still does everything for you while you're not playing it. So when you come back and check on it, you can harvest your resources, you can make new items. Uh, Some items take like five or six real-time days to make. So you're, you know, you've got to, you've got to balance and and figure out what you actually, what priority you want to make, because you could level up certain items all the way through the little chain and complete that. But in the meantime, you haven't touched anything to actually level up your, to the next platform. It's a management game more so than anything else. I found it very relaxing. I've needed something that can take my mind off of scheduling and stuff like that for the upcoming year at in at my work. So 10 to 15 minute breaks every two or three hours is, is kind of nice. And it works. So check it out. It's free. Obviously, there's in-game purchases. But another nice thing, you don't have to. You don't have to buy anything. It would just take you longer to do stuff, which is okay. Because you play for 15 minutes and set it down. So check out XO Miner. I think I got 4.5 on the Android store. And uh, it's it's really fun. Thanks, Brian. Gabe, you're up. Uh, I'm going to be recommending NordVPN. Use code Gabe. Uh, no. 
Don't do that. Uh, I'm going to be recommending a podcast. It's been a while, but with my new job, I listen to more podcasts now because they can't see if there's a headphone in my ear or not. So this is called Cocaine and Rhinestones. It's from half of the team that brought you Your Favorite Band Sucks. It's Tyler Mahan Co., which that's my favorite podcast, so he's very good at production and I like his style a lot. It's a historical podcast about early to mid 20th century country music and the lives of the horrible people and the horrible production techniques that brought it to you. My grandmother is from the South, so I enjoy some of that very, very old country music. It's very fun. He covers a lot of very cool topics. Uh, It makes you realize that some of these people literally committed murder. It's a very cool, interesting podcast. There's two seasons of it. The first season definitely covers more of like the lives, and then the second season and covers more about the music and the production. Go accordingly what you're more interested in. I find it all interesting, though. He's grown up around it. He knows what he's talking about. He's David Allen Coe's son. Um, so he's been around it, and he's done, he's done his research. And uh, I think that this is the podcast that uh, has the largest annotations and, like, uh, like works cited I've ever seen, where he has an entire website just dedicated to where he got his information, and generally he has liner notes for like 15 minutes at the end of every episode, where he just tries to make sure that everything is as an accurate as humanly possible, and I really appreciate that. So if you're into that kind of thing, and even if you aren't, you might find it interesting. It's called Cocaine and Rhinestones. There's two seasons, there's not that many episodes, so. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys, my turn. Hi, I'm Jeremy. You might know me as the resident horror movie geek. Sure, I love blood, guts, and gore more than your average jellystone bear with a picnic basket, but I like other stuff too. And even though I have an allergic reaction to TV series, Achoo! I sometimes allow myself to succumb to the temptations of a limited series. Last year, I risked my horror cred, by delving into Hulu's Only Murders in the Building. Honestly, I went in expecting a sad, tired, formulaic sitcom with over-the-hill comedians. Instead, I got a hilarious murder mystery with plenty of curse words, celebrity guest stars, and a comedy duo at the top of their game. Co-creator Steve Martin is having a blast playing off Martin Short's acerbic witticisms and selena gomez's hard-nosed new yorker attitude there's a bit of heart here too and even some surprising violence it is a murder mystery show after all the first season was so good it became our household's tuesday night watch and it's been a long time since we've invested in a show like this season two just came out and it is just as fun check out only murders in the building on hulu particularly if you like to hear martin shirt say fuck or Steve Martin say shit, uh, but also only if you like dips for dinner or angels and flip flops. All right, Matt, close us out, buddy. Okay. Uh, well, I guess since I'm last, I should you know kind of go big before we all go home. So we're gonna do a a bit of a hardware recommendo tonight. I've had my hands on this for a little while now. It was kind of tricky to get a hold of, but I feel like I've spent enough time with it. I can confidently come out here and say that if you have, well, if you have the patience first and foremost, and if you have the extra cash, you should get yourself a Steam Deck. 
So, in case you've been living under an electronics rock, uh, the Steam Deck is Valve's new portable gaming console. It is more or less a an incredibly tiny Linux PC uh, with built-in controls on each side that are reminiscent of a Switch. You have two joysticks, you have a D-pad, you have A, B, X, Y. But along with that, uh, you have a pair of touchpads on either side, which are really versatile. You can use them uh, like a trackpad on a laptop so they can act like a mouse. You can use them like additional D-pads if they need that kind of functionality. The sticks themselves are touch-sensitive. They're capacitive, so they know when your fingers are on them. has a built-in gyroscope for games that support gyro-based aiming, and it has, uh, along with the standard array of two triggers and two shoulder buttons, it also has uh, a set of triggers extra buttons on the back that you can then bind to whatever you want so not only is it incredibly versatile but it's it's more powerful than you would think for something that's this size mind you it's larger than a switch but it it's not like it's painful to hold uh you can definitely get away with hanging out with this thing for the entirety of the battery life that it has uh if you're good at battery management you can get three three and a half four hours if you really stretch it out of this thing um but you're not just limited to playing steam games on here it is a linux pc and they do not hold anything back if you want to back out of the custom os and literally just play around in the 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 linux that's underneath go right ahead there are people that have been developing tools and such uh you can put you can load fully loaded emulators onto this and play you know nintendo 64 and playstation games and up and into and including nintendo switch games on here you can do anything on here that you can do on a linux computer it is kind of pricey and it is kind of hard to get your hands on, but if you have the patience and you have the cash and you want something that's a pretty decent step up from a Nintendo Switch in terms of power and portability, then yeah, yo, go get yourself one of these because they're pretty dang awesome. Thank you, Matt. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening and watching. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter, at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody wants to trade uh, Steam Deck stories, tips, tricks, anything like that, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody has unmitigated and truthfully like uplifting and wonderful praise for me you can find me at lovecraft gabe if anybody has a um nintendo switch or a steam deck that they want to give me reach out to me at brian podcast on twitter okay or discord or instagram just give me one until next time roll for going down mr arroyo The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.